I don't know if I told you this. I used to have friends, and they were from Texas. And we were from Kansas City, and we would always bemoan the lack of barbecue restaurants in the in the Bay. And we decided that um, when we made our millions, we would open a barbecue restaurant, and half of it would serve Texas barbecue, and the other half would serve Kansas City-style barbecue. And in the middle, we'd have the bathrooms and call them Oklahoma. I'm Audrey Cooper, the editor of the San Francisco Chronicle, and today we're going to be discussing a subject on which I cannot even pretend to have any journalistic impartiality, and that would be the subject of barbecue. Lately, we've seen a burst of barbecue pop-ups and brick-and-mortar restaurants opening, giving some of us hope that barbecue may finally find a footing in the Bay. I'll be joined by food writers Justin Phillips and Janelle Bitker to discuss why barbecue is finally becoming a trend in the Bay Area. That's coming up next on Fifth and Mission. Janelle Bitker and Justin Phillips, welcome to Fifth and Mission. Thanks wow. for having us. Thanks uh, for you, having us. You look a little scared because you know I have opinions about barbecue, and we are here to talk about <laughs> barbecue in the Bay Area. So the reason you're here is because you've been writing a lot about barbecue, probably more barbecue stories in the last, I don't know, three months than in probably the last decade at the Chronicle. So tell us, why is there so much news about barbecue right now? I have a small theory, and my theory is that the first pitmaster uh, to get a James Beard Award happened in oh, 2015. That's a good point. And I think since then, it's just become a bigger thing everywhere. Oh my gosh, that that's is the really most bay answer to that <laughs> that you possibly could have. Because they're getting James Beard Awards, now they're Everybody's acknowledging yeah. the cuisine of our people, Justin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> But, but tell us, like, what are the stories that you you wrote recent? I think the most recent story was about a big new restaurant opening that's going to be barbecue centric. Yeah, there's a place. Uh, so this is going to be in Yountville, and um, there's this barbecue guy named Adam Perry Lang. He's All right, wait, a- stop. Yountville, there's yeah. a barbecue guy. Okay, go. Yeah, on. yeah. This is we're, odd. we're obviously we're putting wild things together. It's right up the street. It's going to be right up the street from the French Laundry. Of course, that plays into everything Janelle just said. <laughs> like the idea that you go to Thomas Keller Land, where he has multiple places in Yountville, just this fine dining destination, and now you have a guy opening. Um, it's a barbecue restaurant slash like steakhouse. It's still he's like a barbecue guy and uh yeah no it's going to be on this historic property and it's like uh i feel like it says a lot about barbecue um in northern california right now what do you think it says i think it says it can be anywhere and also people are willing to uh so there was a time where if you had a barbecue pop-up and you were like i'm gonna sell 50 tickets at 200 dollars a piece nobody would buy that like nobody's gonna pay that much to go eat barbecue now you can and you can open an upscale barbecue restaurant near the French Laundry, nobody, you know, and people aren't going to bat an eye. It's just like it's a new kind of age for barbecue in this weird way. So I, I think before we get too deep into discussing what barbecue looks like in Northern California, we should discuss what is it. And And you guys know and everybody on the food staff knows every year I get very mad when we do the quote unquote barbecue issue. And it's really <laughs> a how-to-grill-meat issue, which is different to me than barbecue. So, Justin, you understand why I get so upset about that. We use words in an important way at the newspaper, so I think <laughs> words we matter. Words, words matter. Words matter, yeah. What is barbecue? I mean, uh, 
So I was explaining something to this to somebody the other day where they were like, we don't really do barbecue. We really do like we, you know, we do steak and stuff. It's not really barbecue. But the act of barbecuing something for me down south, like brings up, you know, ribs. Um, I don't even know if we like if you would consider brisket in this because most of the time like you're smoking brisket. But, um, you know, like traditional things like ribs, pork shoulder, like, you know, burgers, stuff like that. But the idea of taking meat, putting it over a grill and cooking it. And then, you know, obviously in Louisiana, like barbecue sauce is a big deal. So using some kind of sauce that in my mind is barbecue. We will definitely get to the sauce. But uh, so, Justin, you're from Louisiana originally, right? where there is an awesome barbecue tradition. I'm yeah. from Kansas City. Janelle, do you have uh, where are you from and how do you know what barbecue is? <laughs> I'm from here. I'm from the Bay Area. Yeah, I think that <laughs> indicts her right away. But we'll give you a chance. What do you think barbecue really is? Uh, to me, it's all about the smoke. I think slowly smoked meats are barbecue, but also I'm from the Bay Area, so what do I know? No, I, okay, no, that's, I, good. that's good. That's point. good. That's a good answer. I mean, to me, the the reason the Bay Area I think has always had trouble with having legit barbecue places is because it's it has kind of morphed into soul food, or they're like barbecue esque soul food places. So the barbecue restaurants that heretofore, at least in recent memory that we've had in the Bay Area, I've always said are more soul food places. I don't know, Justin, you are yeah. you are an expert in soul food. Do you think that's fair? No, I, I, I agree with you. I, we we talked about this before. I think there um when you don't have a lot of restaurants of a certain category. And then you have, you know, so let's say you don't have a lot of soul food restaurants in the city and you don't have a lot of barbecue places. You kind of merge those two things together because, you know, people think they're related. So then you have these. And it's the same with like, you know, Afro-Caribbean spots, like everything kind of gets jumbled together in the same category. So you'll have barbecue places that, you know, people will consider both barbecue and soul food when they're not like they are different categories. But because we don't have many, they kind of get merged together. So I can I can totally see that. One of the other reasons I think we don't have a lot of barbecue places here is, you know, we have a a pretty dense city or, you know, Bay Area is dense overall. And we've written stories about people when you have a smoker, especially a large industrial smoker, that means you're producing smoke. And in a tight knit city, that can be really problematic. Janelle, you've written about this. Yeah, I think the most high-profile case of this recently is Casey's Barbecue in Berkeley, which is this 50-year-old family-run barbecue place that used to be in um, one location in Berkeley, and it burned down, and then they relocated. And when they relocated, there were more residents around. They immediately started complaining about smoke, and that just sort of got all these pitmasters around the Bay Area to talk about opening restaurants in this area with an outdoor space, what do you do? Do you do it? Do you risk it? Um, I was talking to Matt Horn about this because he's a really popular pop-up pitmaster, and his um, smoker is the size of his pickup truck, bigger oh, yeah. than his pickup truck. Lu- so Lucille, right? I Lucille think, is yeah. a giant. Yeah. Does he drag it around like on the back of a Ford F-150 or something like <laughs> something that? Something like that. Um so it's useful to be a pop-up because then by the time you start to tick off all your neighbors, annoy, annoy you can move you can it leave. somewhere else. I think that's why we're seeing so many barbecue pop-ups, especially right. like when Justin right. and I were exploring mm-hmm. the barbecue scene this year. It was largely pop-ups, actually, that right. were doing the interesting things. And it's because 
they can smoke in a parking lot in San Leandro and not bother anyone and then drive it somewhere else. 100% right. I mean, some of the best barbecue in Kansas City is done that way. So I I think it's totally legitimate. You don't need to have, you know, industrial kitchen or anything like that to to smoke meat in in a pretty awesome way. Um, That's why I thought it was so interesting that they were opening this barbecue restaurant in Yountville because that's not an area where you would think – you know, the people next door to the French Laundry want to smell, you know, smoke all the time. So are there any creative solutions to get more established restaurants that are doing barbecue? Well, I, I know Matt Horn opening in uh, Brown Sugar Kitchen in West Oakland. One of the things that makes that easy is because that location used to be a barbecue restaurant. So the like the infrastructure's there, the, you know, it's in like the right location. Um also, I think what helps is if a neighborhood's probably accustomed to it. See, and that's the weird part, because a lot of these places that have been around for a while are closing. But I, I don't know, Janelle, what do you, what do you think? I'm I mean, also, really sure. if you have a lot of money. Money helps. <laughs> that helps money, with everything. Money helps, for um, sure. A former French Laundry chef opened Pig in a Pickle, oh, which yeah, is a right. really good barbecue place in Marin. But they also opened one in the Emeryville Public Market which is like this shared food hall. Right. And the equipment is very shiny. It looks very fancy. <laughs> and you don't smell any smoke there. It's really? Kind they of amazing. contain all the smoke? Yeah. Wow, I didn't even know that that was possible. I don't think anyone in Kansas City knows that that's possible <laughs> because it does not happen there like, What all. is this thing? Why, why is yeah. it not smoking? <laughs> that's, that's so bizarre. So, Justin, maybe you can explain to all the Californians that are listening, help me explain what barbecue is like in the Midwest and South. So in the South, well, it depends. Like if you go to, uh, uh, this is one of the things that we've written about too. It's like if you go to Texas, uh, there are like different chapters of barbecue in Texas. Like if you're in West Texas, kind of like, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe around Austin probably or something like that. Um, the They're more, like the barbecue there is more like, cooking on direct heat kind of because there is a difference between like you know how close you place the meat to the actual heat then if you're in central texas which i think is what california people understand is like texas style barbecue uh, which is a lot of like briskets uh smoking meat like you're using like shoulders and those kind of cuts um and then something that i that's near and dear to me is east texas barbecue because it's closest to louisiana and so how central texas barbecue will do these smoked smoked briskets that they slice east texas will do like chopped brisket sandwiches which are super dope and then they'll also do uh you can get the 70s texas called uh, that you can get in louisiana called boudin which is like sausage Technically, but it's just like a rice and meat mixture. Janelle, do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. See? So good. That's why Janelle makes the perfect partner for this stuff. (laughs) And so so you can get that. They'll barbecue it there. They'll smoke it there. So each place in Texas is different. And I'm sure I'm missing stuff, Janelle. And then Louisiana is... um, It's really kind of... So I remember when we first moved there... uh, the idea was like, you'll be surprised by how good the barbecue in Louisiana is, you know, considering it's like next to Texas and Mississippi has decent barbecue too. But, um, you know, a huge part of Louisiana barbecue, at least from where I'm from, uh, is like barbecue sauce and kind of mask mistakes that you make cooking 
with like the right kind of like you know maple like brown sugar based sweet sauce and stuff so um i think the barbecue barbecue in louisiana for the most part is just the act of being together and like drinking and cooking stuff over heat you know whether or not you like smoke it the right way or something no one gives a crap they're just eating they just like it so sauce is i think for an aficionado the the most controversial part of of barbecue and at least the regional parts of barbecue because um in kansas city we we do a very sweet sort of ketchupy based there's a lot of molasses in it Mm. there's a lot of brown sugar Mm -hmm. there's a lot of smoke in it but it's primarily a red sweet sauce that you can get spicy versions or sweeter versions. Um, and some are a little more vinegary than others. But by the by by most people's definition of like if you went and bought a bottle of craft, you know, masterpiece, whatever the they sold the Casey Masterpiece brand, <laughs> whoever bought that, that is what Kansas City barbecue sauce is. But it's not like that everywhere in the country. There are some places that think mustard-based sauces are the thing to do. Hot take. Yeah. What's your hot take on mustard? I I feel like mustard's – you know what? Before I I steal this, uh, I've been – Janelle, we've eaten barbecue at a bunch of places together. You've gone on your own to a bunch of places, and I never asked you your uh, opinion on the sauces. Like, is there anything that – like, are you a sweet sauce person, like a red sauce person uh, mustardy sauce person. I never asked this. I always wondered. This is Janelle basically got brought on here today so we'd have somebody to troll. So <laughs> she didn't know that. But Janelle, what is your sauce? Um, I can do sweet or sweet spicy. Mm-hmm. Um, I never encountered any mustard sauces on this most recent tour of the yeah. Bay Area, actually. Who's doing mustard? So we were Memphis Minis. Yeah. So uh, we were the thinking... old place in the hate. I think is the only one that yeah. I've seen. Yeah, that that place yeah, I don't think it's like a, I don't think it's like a huge thing out here, but it's like a you know North Carolina kind of Carolinas area. Mustard's overpowering. Like if I taste that in any kind of like barbecue, if you use that as like a like a base for your sauce, I'm gonna taste that more than anything. It doesn't matter what else you put in there. So if I loved mustard, I'd be down for it. I don't love mustard, so I hate that sauce. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, everyone. But, but if anyone wanted to try that sort of regional uh, Memphis minis on the hate is one thing. But but you but you, that's interesting that you haven't seen that very much in all of your it's barbecue reviewing that you've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was another place, Southpaw. Uh, mm-hmm. That did some North Carolina barbecue, but mm-hmm. they closed right before we started. Right, eating. yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that was another weird thing was that there were like a handful of closures while this, while, like when we thought of this idea, and it kind of reminded us that you know it's really hard for barbecue businesses to like brick and mortars to survive out here. It's just not an easy. And why thing. you know in in a when we've discussed uh, before you, you and I the fate of black owned restaurants, mm-hmm. um, it's it's a similar thing. A lot of them have closed recently. Do you think it's the same economic pressure, or were they just not good enough, or do Californians just not dig barbecue like the rest of us? Are there not enough of us in California? I wonder if some people think barbecue is too expensive here. Like if you don't have uh, that culture, uh, if you don't understand how much work goes mm. into it, like nurturing that nurturing that fire, um, how much time it takes to make a really great brisket, um, maybe you're not willing to spend $25 a pound on it. That's Yeah, that's a good point. I, I'm going to be a little bit more like childish. I always thought of like how people out here see barbecue as kind of like, it's like eggnog. Like, there's a time of year that they'll love to drink it, probably. 
outside of that, nah, we're good. Like, so I think during the summer, like, you'll have a barbecue place that's just really doing great. Outside of that, I don't think people are running to get barbecue. That is crazy. It's all of my re- you just blew all my relatives' brains by comparing barbecue to eggnog. What did they say? You know, I would say in Kansas City, it's something you would eat probably once a week. Right. It's it's like such an ingrained part of the culture that when you want to go out to dinner with your family, like that's likely one of the places that you're going to go to. So I, when when we talk about all these places closing, to me, it seemed not dissimilar to the black-owned restaurants and that if it's a place you only want to go to once a year, that's one thing. But if you don't want to go back there every single day, they're probably not sustainable. And I would just like to say barbecue is absolutely something that you should have at least once a week. You should eat that all the time. And I wish there were more places to do it. I Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Janelle. Sorry. (laughs) Um, Yeah, on top of that, a lot of chefs were telling me it's like a seasonal thing here. It's a summertime thing. And the reason why places go out of business is they're not prepared for that. Yeah. Um, But also, like, dietary trends right now are going toward, like, light and healthy and wellness everything. And it doesn't really line up with barbecue. Which is so tough. Like, yeah, this, I mean, just being honest, the Bay Area just might not just isn't a place for barbecue. Which is crazy because we have every other kind of cuisine that seems to be able to have a niche here, but that just seems to be one that is, has really been hard for us to um, to support. Yeah. So when you all went and, and, you, and you ate at all of these restaurants, what was some of the most surprising things that you saw in barbecue restaurants? Or maybe even what they're doing wrong? Um, One thing that I thought was cool was how a lot of, especially the newer chefs, are doing their own sort of Bay Area barbecue where they're like Mm -hmm. borrowing from different regional styles and Mm -hmm. mixing them and making it their own since we don't really have a traditional barbecue style here. And I think you see it especially with the sides. Um, which we have not talked about yet. No, but... I'm really glad you, we're going to go there. <laughs> yeah. um, but a lot of more like fresh vegetable sides because the produce here is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this place in San Francisco, Hardwood, that does like Hawaiian sides right, because right. why not? It works. <laughs> you look no, skeptical. I, I am very skeptical. <laughs> I mean, to me, barbecue is about the sides as much as it is about the sauce and the meat. And when I came here, I was horrified to see people putting coleslaw on sandwiches like I, I don't I, I just think that's the most California thing in the world oh, um, also collard greens at barbecue is not something that they have very much of in Kansas City you see it soul food is different yeah yeah and that's yeah. where that's where I started to think like that's a place that's kind of half soul food half a barbecue restaurant yeah what so what, what's what's the what are the traditional sides for you um well f- Baked beans, of course, mm-hmm. and I have the most spectacular baked bean recipe uh, that I, I give out to closest friends. Maybe, maybe here's what we'll do. I'll write it down. We'll put it on sfchronicle.com behind a hard paywall. <laughs> it is. It is. You'll have to be a subscriber to read it, but we'll call it Audrey's Baked Beans Recipe because it is fabulous. But I mean, there, that's, that's worth a subscription if you ask me. It definitely is. There's liquid smoke in it, which is oh, very man. hard to oh, find wow. at Safeway. It's very hard to find yeah. at Safeway. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to keep your eye out for it. There's molasses. There's ketchup. There's a little bit of mustard in it. There's uh, brisket, of course. If you don't have brisket, you can use bacon. And Vandy Camp's. 
uh, beans. So I'm not a believer in making your own beans from dried beans. That's like too California for me. (laughs) Just open the can and add a bunch of sugar to it and you bake it for a really long time. We'll put it on sfchronicle.com. So beans, I think onion rings, but most importantly, these are the two things that to me any legit place has to have. Wonder bread and pickles. Am I wrong? No. Wonder not, bread, is it? Not at all. None of this brioche bun, California weirdness. Right. Yeah. Wonder bread. Yeah. That, I 100% agree with What are you. your sides? Um, I, the onion rings surprised me. I wouldn't have picked onion rings. That's pretty good. Uh, potato salad, um, I think, is a big deal. And uh, we said potato salad, pickles, bread, uh, baked beans. Um, Sometimes mac and cheese I was or about- uh, potatoes, cheesy potatoes mm. with uh, corn flakes chopped up on top. Oh, now you're. This is a different path. <laughs> don't, don't just casually say that. Expo- uh, with cornflakes on top. Oh or? yeah, you take you take the frozen shredded potatoes, and I think you put in a cup of. Um, I want to say it's a cup of sour cream and a cup of uh, like chopped up Velveeta and shredded cheese. And you're the California girl is looking horrified, <laughs> and you and you mix it together and you bake it with crumbled cornflakes on top. I'm with I'm 100 percent with this. <laughs> there I've, has to be processed. Cheese. I've never had that, and I'm 100 percent. But it down. still seems like a legit side to you, doesn't it? Yeah, no, it does. It makes sense. See, that's the thing. If I if if you do ma- macaroni and cheese with barbecue, at least like if you were. If you went home with me to Louisiana, the macaroni and cheese would have to be baked. It would have to be thick, super cheesy, and it could be a substantial, like, main dish on its own. It has to be over the top for it to qualify. If you just do, like, regular mac and cheese. None of that bechamel. Nah. Exactly. That's exactly 100% (laughs) right. Janelle, that is 100% right. The sides can't be healthy. The pickle has to be the only green thing on the plate, I I think. So we... I, I, I don't know how to work this into uh, our conversation, but Audrey and I were talking about who <laughs> who we like to cook our barbecue. And I'm just going to speak for me. Um, back home, the places that I enjoyed the barbecue the most uh, were made by um, – there was one place in particular that was made by a guy who – how do I put this? If we had to run up a flight of stairs, I wouldn't bring him with me because I would be concerned for his health. <laughs> He was the best cook, like barbecue man. And I feel like there were just a handful of those kind of guys, just like these thick neck, beefy arm dudes who all they do is like sweat outside in their grills. And there's just like, you go walk through a place and see somebody like this and be like, oh man, that barbecue might be pretty good. He clearly eats his own food kind of thing. Yeah, I agree. I, you don't you don't see skinny barbecue chefs very often. Even right. even my family members where I grew up, they had the worldwide Lenexa barbecue competition. It's a it's a nationally known competition, and my family members who do it, uh, you know, you never bring the skinny person to taste your barbecue. In the end, it's it's just not done. Well, the the guy uh, I was talking to Matt Horn the other day, so we like wrote the story about this pop up guy who's opening a restaurant. And he was like, um, and he, you know, he used to play football, so he's like a, you know, bigger dude. But he was like, I've been running a couple of miles every day, like the past couple of mornings and stuff. I'm like, oh wow, he's a barbecue guy getting in better shape. 
I was like, that's... That is California barbecue. That wouldn't happen back home. No, nah. it absolutely wasn't. So let's let's sum up. We're, we're approaching um, uh, uh, Labor Day, one of the most grilling holidays ever invented, perhaps outside of the 4th of July. Based on all of the taste testing that you've done of barbecue restaurants and the new ones, where could people get some of the best barbecue in the Bay Area? Yeah, if we're ignoring the pop-ups because mm-hmm. they're problematic and hard to find. Um, I'm going to say Pig and Pickle. Pig and the Pickle. And where is that located? There's one in Quartz Madera and one in Emeryville. Okay. Justin, where's uh, your favorite? Uh, I think Fat Matt's Barbecue in, uh, on Telegraph Avenue in Oakland is pretty great. I think uh, you have to go because they sell out pretty quickly. That place is pretty solid. If there's a... Uh, what's a San Francisco place? What was that... Um, one that was like surprising was like Smoking Warehouse. That place was fun. Yeah, that place was fun. It was like we went. The, it was just this little window, and we went to go eat. And they actually were gonna. They brought out a table for us, I think, to sit outside on the sidewalk. Anyway, but Fat Mats in um, in uh, Oakland on Telegraph Avenue. I, I'll say my favorite that I've ever had in the Bay. Well, actually, it's not really the Bay Area, but on the way to Yosemite, outside of Oakdale, there's a trailer next to one of the um, fruit stands. And if you blink, you might miss it, but they have a giant sign that says barbecue. The best brisket I've had in California, which no which is, it was, it was really great. Better than any restaurant that I've had. It was, it was almost as good as home. So if anyone's going out to Yosemite for the long weekend or uh, in September, definitely Keep your eye out for that one. Man. Any final words about the importance of barbecue and the importance of protecting the restaurants that are opening here? Um, Casey's Barbecue in Berkeley is still fighting their neighbors and Mm -hmm. the city to stay open. So that's one place you could support. I don't mind all the pop-up barbecue spots. It does make me happy to see brick-and-mortar traditional restaurants um, if you have a barbecue place that you like, whether it's like Casey's Barbecue or any any place, um, try to go there often. You don't have to buy a ton of stuff, but, you know, be a good customer and hopefully these places can stick around. I think that's absolutely true. And I also would encourage, you know, not just going out to restaurants, but it's possible we have an electric smoker in our backyard. It's not quite as good, (laughs) I have to say, but it's pretty hard to tell the difference. So there are ways, even in the city, to bring a little smoke into Solid. into your neighbor's backyard. And, and, <laughs> and uh, maybe if you just do it once a week, they won't get too mad about it. There you go. Justin, Janelle, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Janelle Bitker and Justin Phillips for being with me today. Thanks to King Kaufman for producing this episode. And thanks to you for listening. Fifth and Mission is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.